0: May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Ryan Loxmo. Uh, My name is Ryan Loxmo. I'm the small group's pastor here at Parkway Fellowship, and we're really glad that y'all are with us today as we wrap up our number one hits series. And uh, before we get into that uh, this morning, I wanted to just take a minute and acknowledge uh, what we have celebrated as a nation uh, this weekend. Um, I can think of no country in the history of the world that has been more favorable uh, to the church, to Christ's followers, than the United States of America. Um, When I, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the men and women that sacrificed 237 years ago uh, to pave the way for this nation, um, they provided a way for us to do this, to be able to just come together in peace, uh, with no fear or persecution or anything like that, to be able to just learn about God and worship together in freedom. And and that is a massive blessing that we have. And uh, the fact is that there are many places today in the world that Christ followers don't have that luxury. Uh, There are literally, at this moment, millions of Christians around the world uh, in places like China, North Korea, Egypt, Iran, places like that, that live in fear of persecution because of their Christian faith. And and uncertainty, and they can't meet openly like this. And so um, it is an unbelievable blessing in our lives that we can just do this. And I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, at the outset. And also wanted to take a moment if you or an immediate family member of yours uh, has served in the military, would you please stand up? Because we want to honor you uh, for continuing to protect these freedoms for us. right. Thank you. Okay. So uh, in this series, number one hits, what we've been doing is we've been looking at classic passages uh, that happen in chapter one of different books of the Bible. And uh, it's been an awesome series so far. And we have our billboard chart here uh, that we've been using. And we see, let's see, hanging on by a thread at number 10, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys, which Basically proves my theory, I'm never going to be rid of that song. (laughs) Like Every time I think I've heard it for the last time, it shows up on the radio, like once every 10 months or something. Uh, So anyway, there's that, and then (laughs) inexplicably rising to number two, uh, My Heart Will Go On by Chris Sedgwick, which is our youth pastor. He has a uh, personal passion for Celine Dion hits, I guess, and uh, we have number one uh, hit for today is Galatians 1.0. 6 to 10. That's a passage we're going to be looking at. You know, uh, when I think about kind of the big blessings in my life that God has given me, uh, I do think about the fact that I was born into this country and have all the freedoms that we uh, just celebrated this weekend. Uh, But I also think about the family that he chose, uh, that God chose to have me be born into. And uh, my grandfather, he actually uh, served in the military. He's a retired uh, lieutenant colonel in the army. He was a chaplain, army chaplain. And, uh, and pastor. And he and my grandmother passed on a rich spiritual legacy uh, to my dad. And uh, my dad then in turn was instrumental in my mom becoming a Christ follower. And then my parents together uh, passed on that legacy to my brother Sean and me. And so Sean and I grew up in a house uh, in which we were taught about how to live uh, in a way that honors Christ. And we were taught uh, how to treat people. We were taught how to be an example You know, we were taught how to turn to God in times of need. Um, It was really just a huge blessing in our lives to to grow up in that kind of family. Um, And there were other influences in our lives, of course. Uh, I had great teachers through the years and coaches and and friends and all of that. Um, But I can think of some friends, especially when I got into high school, that um, their views on the world, uh, their priorities, just started to go down a different track from what, I had been accustomed to, what I had been taught in my family and in church all those years. And the fact is, it started to have an impact on me. It started to have an impact on me, and I I found myself saying things I shouldn't, saying things about people I shouldn't, doing things that I shouldn't. And I was, in effect, making a choice about the kind of man that I wanted to grow up to be. And frankly, at that time, I didn't know I was making that choice. I, I was unaware I I was just kind of unwittingly heading down this other path, starting to, because of these friends in my life and the influence that they were having. Um, But by God's grace, as I went through high school, uh, I started to get more and more involved in church. Um, My friends at church became my closest friends, and I just started to see how out of sync my values and and where I wanted to be, uh, how out of sync I was with those other friends. Um, And it just seemed with them that... uh, they were on a track that was all about money and success and being popular and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, God, God showed me this, and God really did show it to me, because there was plenty of time where I didn't see it for myself, okay? God showed me that that track that they were on, if I sort of followed with them as I had been doing, it was going to lead me to a superficial life. It absolutely was. And so uh, when I graduated high school, I made the intentional choice to kind of let those friendships Lapse. And I'm not talking about like a big confrontation. I wasn't like, hey, congratulations on graduation. We're not friends anymore. Like, there was nothing like that, okay? It was just, you know, we're still friends, well, at least Facebook friends today, whatever that means. So it's not like it was some big falling out, but I just chose not to continue investing in those friendships. And I chose uh, instead to invest in people who were following, uh, in relationships with people who were following Christ. Because those other friendships were starting to distort my view of life and priorities and what success looked like and those kind of things. And so I made that choice to invest in the kinds of relationships and the kind of things in my life that were going to lead me on that right path. And God did put me on that path and eventually led me where I am today. But I think we've all faced those kinds of choices um, in different ways. You know, we have those key moments in our life where we have to make a choice. And it really does shape... Uh, our life and where we're going to be. And, and sometimes we're not even aware that we're at risk of being on the wrong path or already are on the wrong path. I mean, I've certainly been there. And, and that's what today's number one hit is all about, okay? Knowing who we are and how to live a life that reflects that identity, okay? We have to have a compass. That's what this number one hit is going to give us. It's a compass uh, so that we know where we're pointed, Okay? And um, if we don't have that compass, we really do risk being on a road that we don't want to be on. And when that happens, when we finally do realize we're on a road we don't want to be on, you know, how long have we gone down that road before we then have to turn around and walk the whole way back? So this this uh, number one hit today, it's really going to give us a compass. And it's, it's an unbelievable passage. So I'm really excited to dive into it with you this morning. But before we do, I want to go into a little bit of background of the passage. We talked a little bit about this Last week, so if you are here last week, this will be a little bit of a review. Um, but basically, here's what's going on. Uh, after Christ died and was resurrected and ascended into heaven, the church exploded with growth. I mean, just exponentially. And in the first 30 years or so of the church, we see Christianity grow all across the Roman Empire, the Mediterranean world today, and the key leader in that effort was the Apostle Paul. Okay, he was the greatest missionary the church had ever seen. And he went all around the Mediterranean world, places like uh, modern Turkey and Greece and Italy and Israel and all these places. And he planted churches. And so what he would do is he would roll into town with his friends and they would share the gospel with people. People would come to Christ and then they would set up a church and us- usually meet in somebody's home. And they would set up a church and Paul would make sure they had kind of the basic teaching and put in a little bit of leadership in place. And then he would leave. Because there was a whole big world that needed Christ. And he couldn't stay in one place for too long. So he would leave. Now when he was gone, he would get updates about that church. They would send him letters. People in his network would find out. So Paul would get word about these different churches he had planted. And then he would write them letters to respond to what was going on. And so he would write them letters to give them additional teaching and encouragement. And and guidance on different issues. And that is what Galatians is. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. Galatia is a region in modern Turkey. That's where the church was. And he had planted this church and moved on. And then he got wind of some stuff that was happening at that church, and he wrote them a letter. So he was functioning as their pastor via letter. Okay? So that's kind of what's going on. So just keep that in mind. Galatians is a real ancient letter. Okay? Now here's what was happening. Paul planted the gospel uh, in in, uh, Galatia. And he taught the true gospel, that it was grace, that we are saved by grace. We don't earn our salvation. We can't earn our way to God. It was a gift that God gave us to save us. That's what Paul had taught. Well, in his absence, some other teachers had come in to Galatia and said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know what this Paul guy is teaching you, but you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and this, and this, and this, or God's not going to like you. That's basically what they told them. It amounted to, you have to work your way to heaven. You have to do these things to be saved. Now, when Paul got wind of this, he was furious. I mean, he was mad. And that's when he writes this letter, because he needed to remind the Galatians what the true gospel was. I mean, he, he knew that if, especially for new believers, if their compass was off even like a degree on this point, they would wind up down the road way far away from what it meant to really follow Christ. And so he was, ah, he was so upset about this. And you can, if you read Galatians, the whole letter, you can feel it. I mean, Paul is, he's chomping at the bit to to correct this. So go ahead and pull out your message notes, and we're going to start reading. Uh, We're going to start reading this number one hit. And keep all of what I just said in mind. Um, And we're going to learn a lot of things in this passage, but the first thing, and this is your fill-in, is that we need to constantly remind, okay, constantly remind myself of the grace of Christ. Constantly remind myself of the grace of Christ. And this is where he starts out. So let's jump into this number one hit. He starts out and says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ. Underline grace of Christ. And are turning to a different Gospel not that there is another one. Okay? We're going to stop there for now. We'll keep going in a second, but let's just stop there. Paul is reminding the Galatians that they were saved by grace. I mean, that word grace is key. Okay? That's the true gospel. And he spends this whole letter reinforcing that point. Let me and, and grace, I have to say, grace is one of those kind of Bible-y sounding words that, you know, what does it mean? Well, let me give you an illustration. Let's just say, and this is just for sake of argument. I know nobody in here would ever do this. Let's just say you were speeding on I-10, okay? Just for sake of argument, okay? Let's just say you were going like 90, okay? You were definitely speeding, okay? go 90 miles an hour. You knew it. There's no debate. You were speeding, and you get pulled over by a police officer. The police officer walks up to your window and says, I clocked you going 90, and then he says, but I'm going to let you off. I'm going to give you a warning. That actually isn't grace. That's mercy. Okay? (laughs) That's mercy. Mercy is just not getting what you deserve. That's all it is. You deserve something, you don't get it. That's not what grace is. Grace goes a step further. Grace would be the police officer walks up to your window and says, I clocked you going 90. And says, you know what? I'm not going to give you a ticket. And you know what else? Here's 150 bucks cash. I'm paying for your gas for the rest of the month. So it's not getting what you deserve and being given a gift, being given something you don't deserve. That is what grace is. Grace, and this is your fill-in, is undeserved favor. It's being given something you don't deserve at all. You don't deserve it in any way. And that is what the heart of the gospel is. It's a gift. Salvation, being able to be with God in a relationship with him, is a gift we've been given by God's grace. It has zero to do with our effort, okay? Now look, we talk about the gospel every week here in some form or another at Parkway Fellowship. And I mean, it is just key to what we do. And um, of course, it's important to talk about for people who don't yet know Christ because we want to to share the gospel. And by the way, the word gospel just means good news, okay? It's the good news. We wanna share the good news with people who don't yet know Christ. Um, but here's the deal. The gospel is just as important for, for people who have been following Christ for years because we tend to drift away from really accepting the fact that we're saved by grace. We tend over time to revert to this thinking of, I have to earn my way to heaven. I have to get God to like me. That is where we drift away. And so the gospel, yes, it's for people who don't know Christ, But it's also for those of us who do know Christ so that we can always be brought back to the truth that we are saved by grace and nothing else. That's it, okay? So here is the good news. And listen up. I mean, this is really important, okay? Even if you've been following Christ your whole life, listen up. Don't tune out during the gospel, okay? Here it is. This is the good news. God created everything in the world, in existence that you can think of. He made it all. And... The thing that he loved more than anything else of everything that he created was us. He created us simply because he wanted a relationship with us. He loves us so much, he brought us into existence just for that, to love us. But he's a perfect God. Sin came into the world, and that put a barrier between us and God, okay? The sinfulness of humanity put us at a distance from God. And God was not going to let it stay that way because he loved us so much, He loved us more than I could describe. And so he wasn't content with it being that way. So he said, I'm going to provide a solution that will, once and for all, allow me to be with uh, my people. And that way was to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world. Okay? And we say that all the time, one and only son. If you have kids, if you have a son or a daughter, think about how much you love them. God loved Jesus way more than that. Way more. And he sent him to this earth to die because it was worth it to him, to save us because he loved us so much. And so Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, he died on the cross, and in doing that, paid the penalty for any sins any of us have ever committed or will commit in the future. Paid it it in full, done. That's what he did. And so anybody who trusts in Christ for their salvation will be saved. That's it. That's what grace is. Not only are we not getting the penalty we deserve based on our sin, we're being given eternal life for free. It's unbelievable. You know, let me me put it to you this way. Um, If you were to die today and you find yourself standing in front of God and he says, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? I think many of us would have the impulse to say something like, well, you know, I, I think I've been... I've been pretty good. I've, tr- I've tried to be good. You know, I've, I've tried to be nice to people as much as I can. And, you know, I, I've, I've tried to think of others before myself. And, you know, I've, I've tried to be generous. You know, I've, I've done the best I could. I mean, I haven't murdered anybody. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I've tried to do as well as I can. That's not the right answer. Any variation of that is not the right answer. Here's the right answer. God says to you, why should I let you into heaven? And you say, because I've placed my trust in Christ. he's already paid my way in. That is the right answer. That is the gospel of grace that Paul is talking about in this letter and that he was so passionate about reinforcing with the Galatians. Look, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes on the back. If you've never prayed that prayer before or a prayer like it that asks Christ to come into your life and save you, pray it today. There is no reason to wait. God loves you He has literally extended you this free gift of eternal life, and he's just waiting for you to take it. He's just waiting for you to take it. So pray that prayer today and start your relationship with God. So our takeaway from the first part of our number one hit today, it's your second bullet point there, there's only one gospel, and it's based on grace. Period. There's one gospel, and it is based on grace. There's a second thing we're going to learn from this number one hit. Got to remove influences in my life that distort the gospel. That's your next fill-in. Remove influences in my life that distort the gospel. So let's continue reading. Paul continues and says, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Underline, some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel. Underline that phrase. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we've said before, now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. I mean, that is strong language right there. I mean, what Paul's saying is basically, look, I know there are people there telling you it's not about grace. Do not listen to them. Don't. Okay? And then, I don't know if you caught this, he goes over the top, he's like, look, if I came back to you and preached you a different gospel than I did before, don't even believe me. And then he says, you know, if an angel from heaven came down and told you a different gospel, don't even believe them. You know the truth, believe it. That's basically what he's saying. You know, and then he says uh, that the people who distort the gospel, uh, they should be accursed. He says that twice. Now, that's a strong word. We don't use that word a lot. Um, now, he's not talking about like a magic curse. It's not like they're going to, you know, roam the Caribbean as a skeleton pirate or something like that. It basically means, look, if you are, it, it, for these people who are intentionally distorting the gospel, intentionally distorting the gospel, they deserve none of God's favor. None. Because look, this is serious business, okay, for Paul. People's salvation is at stake. Christ came to die for us, to offer us grace. And in Paul's view, to, to basically say, you know, I'm good. I know Christ died for me, but like I'll earn my way to heaven. I'm fine. Like that is straight up blasphemy for Paul. I mean, that is just, he can't even put up with it. And so that's why he's using such strong language, Now, I think most of us in our life, we don't have someone who's like intentionally distorting the gospel like that, who's coming in and, hey, I heard you heard this at Parkway Fellowship on Sunday. It's not really that, it's this. I'm sure most of us don't have anybody like that in our life, but we do have to ask ourselves a couple of questions, okay? And the first one is, what people or influences in my life distort the gospel? Okay? Unintentionally, inadvertently, what People or influences in my life distort the gospel. So you got to ask yourself, is it your friends? Do you have some friends and friendships that you might need to phase out? Because their priorities and their lifestyle and its impact on you is culminating in a distortion of the gospel for you. Is that happening? What about your habits or relationships at work? Anything there distort the gospel? Distort your view of Christ and and what he's done for you? How about your kids? What about in their lives? Do they have influences in their lives that distort the gospel? Stuff they watch on TV? Friends they hang out with? What are the sources in your life that distort the gospel, that cause you to see it in a way that isn't true? got to ask yourself that. But we can't just ask that. We have to ask another question. What people or influences in my life affirm the gospel? What people or influences in my life affirm the gospel? Okay, it's not just about weeding out things in your life that distort the gospel. It's also about adding some things in that affirm it. You've got to kind of do both. So what friendships do you have that you could invest in with people that really do affirm the truth for you in your life? What about the media that you consume? Does that affirm the gospel in your life? Or does it distort it? You know, how much time do you spend with people in your life that affirm the gospel? And look, I'm not saying you're talking about the gospel constantly with these people. But I'm just saying, do do their priorities, values, do they affirm the gospel for you? You know, being here at church is a great start with that. But I can think of no place in this community that you can better affirm the gospel in your life than in a Parkway Fellowship small group. That is where you're going to make friends with people who will affirm the gospel in your life. That is the best way you can do it. And Actually, you'll have a chance at the end of the message to join a group if you haven't already. Let's keep going with our number one hit. There's a third thing, and this is a big one. Honestly assess whose approval I am seeking. Honestly assess whose approval I am seeking. This is how Paul wraps up this number one hit, okay, in verse 10. This is what he says. He says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? And I want you to underline this whole last sentence. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, Paul, he he finishes up with this really important point. And it, it follows up what we just talked about really well because when you think about Removing influences in your life that distort the gospel and adding in things in your life that affirm the gospel, you have to ask yourself honestly, who am I trying to please? Who am I trying to please? Okay? Another way of, of asking that is who am I living for? Who am I living for? You know, am I living for myself uh, and what others think of me? Like, is that who I'm living for? Am I or am I living to serve Christ? You've got to ask that. You know, to live your life in light of what we've talked about in this passage, in light of the gospel of grace, is to say that you don't care about what you want. You don't care about what people think of you. You care about living for Christ. That is what Paul's getting at at this passage. Who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to please? And I I do think it's the case uh, often that we don't realize that we are seeking somebody's approval. But, you know, that's kind of what was going on with my friends in high school and other, you know, relationships since then. I didn't realize that I was seeking their approval. But when I got honest with myself, I was. I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to stand up for what I believed in. I just kind of went with the flow. But in the back of my mind, it was because I was in some way seeking their approval. So you've got to ask yourself that question honestly. Whose approval are you seeking? You know, that's what this number one hit is all about. Living your life for the right person based on the right gospel. A little bit later in this same letter in Galatians, Paul kind of says what he said in this number one hit in a little bit different way. Kind of summarizes it a little bit. It's Galatians 2.20. This is a a verse that's often on people's lists of verses to memorize. It's a really good verse um, that kind of summarizes a lot of what we've covered. And this is what it says. It says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow. If we follow Christ, our old life is dead. It's gone. It's over. We live for Christ. And we trust in him and his grace to save us. That's it. We don't earn our way into heaven. We don't earn our relationship with God. We can't do enough good to be in a relationship with him. We trust in Christ and we live our life in light of that. That's what this number one hit's all about. Remembering the gospel of grace and aligning our life with it. And and honestly, this whole series, this number one hit series, all of the verses we've been covering function as a compass. They function as a compass to make sure that it is pointed at Christ. I mean, that is what this whole series has been about. And, I mean, I've grown a lot through this series. I hope you have too. If you haven't, um, if you weren't here for some of them, I I encourage you, go download our Parkway Fellowship app, and and we have all of our messages on there. You can listen to them. Uh, Listen to the ones you missed, or maybe go back and review some of them because these verses, these passages we've chosen were number one hits for a reason because they are They just function as a compass to always point us back to the truth of what it means to be saved and what it means to follow Christ. So here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to go ahead and pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. And I want you to check a next step or steps that you're willing to take today based on the message. And uh, I want you to check it on both the card and the notes because in a second you're going to hand in that card but you can take the message notes home with you and that way you can remember what you committed to. Okay, how about this first one? I will write the word grace in a visible location so that I can be reminded daily that the gospel is based on grace. That's huge. Put it on a mirror, on your fridge, on the dashboard of your car, somewhere, so that when you have that tendency to drift and think that you've got to make do a bunch of stuff to get God to like you, remember grace. Okay? How about this second one? I will identify an influence in my life that distorts the gospel and remove it. Would you do that? That's a great, great one to start with. Identify some of those things that distort the gospel and get rid of them. Absolutely get rid of them. How about this next one? I will identify an influence in my life that affirms the gospel and invest in it. Okay, think about that. Who in your life, what influences in your life affirm the gospel and invest in that. You know, great place to start with that is consistently coming to church, joining a small group. That's a great place to start. Invest in that. And guess what? A lot of relationships are going to come along with that as well. Okay, how about this next one? I will memorize Galatians 1.10. This is the last verse of our number one hit today. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's a great one. When you have that feeling of who am I trying to please, just say that verse. How about this next one? Sign me up for a B session adult small group starting July 14th. There is a card in your worship guide. It looks like this. We have a group of small groups that are going to start meeting on July 14th. They meet uh, five sessions, but it happens over just about a month period um, if you haven't joined a small group, join one. This is where you're going to affirm the gospel in your life and, and bring in more people that will affirm that for you. We've got some great ones on here, um, wonderful leaders. So if you haven't joined one, join one. The top one there, learn how to study the Bible, engage the word. I'm leading that one at the church on Sunday nights. I'd love to have you in that one. Join a group. All you've got to do is write the code on the right side, that blue code. Write it on the line, on the card, and we'll take care of the rest. How about this last one? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time today. If that's you, if you prayed that prayer or you're planning on praying it today, check that box and we will send you some free stuff in the mail that will uh, give you a great start in your new life following Christ. Some great information. And uh, also, we want you to pick up a new believer packet on your way out. They're on these little tables just inside the doors before you head out into the foyer. Pick up one of those on your way out. It's got some great material in there for you as well. Let me pray for us as Pat and the worship team. Come back up. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just thank you that you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into this world to offer us salvation. God, and that uh, not only did we not get the penalty of our sins, but you have given us a gift of eternal life through Christ. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to always remember that our ability to be in a relationship with you is based solely on grace, solely on the fact that you loved us and you provided a way and that it has nothing to do with us earning our way into a relationship with you. Father, I just thank you for everything you've taught us in this number one hit series. Lord, I do pray that it would all together function as a compass for us and keep us continually pointed toward true north, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash fellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.